All right, hour two out of bounds. William Pluggenbush, Ben Milstead live inside the Upcountry Fiber studios. Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. We're talking Clemson and Virginia from Saturday. Uh, but first, we need to talk about your car and specifically how dirty it is. The weather's been great. Uh, you have natural drying abilities today with the wind like it is. Why would you not go to Tiger Express Wash? That's a great question, Quack. In fact, I did at 11 o'clock today. You did? So there you go. Yes. I love that. And your car is good as new. It looks great. Got all the uh, coastal grime off of it. It's always good to wash cars. I feel great about like right before a trip and then right after a trip. There's nothing like that car wash. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just, it's good for the soul. And you can do it with great people. Great service, a great car wash, the vacuuming stations, plentiful, and great, great rates. Unbelievable, uh, unbelievably cost-effective. With our friends at Tiger Express Wash, Clemson, Pendleton, and easily go by and see them today. All right, we're talking about Clemson in late-game situations. And I did have this thought. Um, I, I, I had this thought on... Saturday, as they were coming down the stretch, and then I was on the plane, and you land, and you see kind of how the game was going, and watch it again. And like I say, I went back and watched the whole thing uh, earlier this morning. I think there are a couple of factors at play here that have kind of jumped up to catch Clemson. One is, I think this is a team that its ball handlers lack confidence in, and I. I don't necessarily mean individual confidence as much as I mean, like, Chase Hunter, for example. I think Chase Hunter is a confident guy. I think that confidence comes and goes. I think Joe Girard and P.J. Hall have been to your point. I think they are uber-confident guys. But Chase has the ball at the end of the game, and he's been playing well. And yet, the thing that kind of surprised me at the end, and we can always parse out, What happens at the very end of games? Chase was going down the floor. He got to the three-point line, and he stopped. And I thought one of Clemson's best chances, because Chase is an 85% free-throw shooter, one of their best chances is to go to the rim and basically make Virginia try to guard him without fouling. Now, there's no guarantee that that happens because Virginia tends to guard without fouling. They didn't in this game, but they do. Generally speaking, Guard drivers without fouling. It probably would have been better to get the ball into P.J., but he was cut off. You basically had one chance to get the ball into him, and he was sealed off from any sort of entry angle for Chase off the left wing there at the end of the game. The second thing is, because this is not a defensive-oriented team, one thing I said about this, you know, folks were were quick to point out their defensive issues, um... Even when they were winning early in the season, this was not a great defensive team. And one thing that I said was, you don't have to be a great defensive team if you're scoring and can get critical stops in critical moments. With the rebounding that Clemson is capable of, uh, what was the rebounding on Saturday? I know they got out-rebounded. Uh, 38-33. Pretty close. They gave up 15 offensive rebounds in a game. It was basically like 55-45 whether they were going to get a defensive rebound. That's not good enough. Even if you're getting stops, even if you're forcing misses, not quite a good enough rebounding team to get it done down the stretch. Um, 
I I mean, I didn't think they got outworked the whole game. I thought one of the critical moments in the game was the long rebound that kind of got batted out that Ryan Dunn saved in for Virginia. I thought that was Tony Bennett pointed out in his postgame. I thought it was one of the one of the biggest plays in the game. Because it reset the clock. If I remember right, Virginia got points after that. Um, like critical points. Um, and so I think those two things are at play. You've got, I think there's a lack of collective confidence that comes from your ball handlers at the end of games. Brad Brownell has said this before. It's hard when your best player is a post player. Because when your best player has the ball, and Hunter Tyson was uniquely able to do this as a guy who played the four, he could also bring the ball up. So Hunter Tyson was, he was loud when he needed to be, but I wouldn't say Hunter Tyson's like a beat your, like he's not quite as exuberant as PJ mm-hmm. was, but he had a calming presence when he had the ball that, I, like, everybody just chill out. Right. We're going to get this done. I'm going to go make whatever play I can make, and then I'm if I can't make it, then I'm going to give it to you, and you're going to make it. That is true, and, and it's hard to put a value on somebody that meant so much as Hunter Tyson did. At the same time, Hunter Tyson would not have been making that taking that last shot either. Now, maybe he's the Jack Clark trailing the play maybe but more than likely Hunter Tyson was would have been the one inbounding the ball actually I have tried yes I mean I like agree. Hunter was not the go-to at the end of games guy right that's right he's more the guy that like 10 on the shot clock two minutes left yeah he's we a, haven't done anything cleared out he's a guy that you could have counted on to clean up the trash you know the the missed shot or something like that and put it back yeah that that's a I think that's really good I I it's hard, it's hard to say because I do think they're doing a lot of stuff right down the stretch of these games. Like, you can't just point to habitual lapses. You know what I mean? Like, there's, you know, defensively, I think they're, they're lacking that collective will sometimes to just get a stop. Not that they don't want to, but there's a discipline that comes with getting stops. And a perfect example is when... Uh, it's 60-59. to 59. It's a one-point game. You're in a knockdown drag out. You're starting to go to the line. You're wearing Virginia down. And Isaac McNeely curls off a screen. And whether it's Shefflin being a little bit late or Chase being a little bit uh, being a little bit too wide, coming, coming uh, around the screen, McNeely gets a three-off. And Hunter, I don't know, did Hunter even get the foul? I, I think it was on Hunter. Hunter fouled him. He was fouled. He makes the shot, he makes the free throw, and it puts a one-point game into five. That's what I'm talking about. It's like the, the ability to get that stop, to force a miss or an awkward shot, get the rebound, and then go and sort of create your own opportunity on the other end. This team, I don't think, is great at doing that. And that's, I mean, you've got older players. Ian Shefflin's a junior. He's an older player, too. Chase Hunter's a fifth-year senior who just flat... I mean, he just flat-out ran into a shooter, a three-point shooter. That's go- It's late in the clock. He's going to shoot it. Isaac McNeely's going to shoot it. He hadn't, he hadn't made one all day. They did a good job on him. But that that's kind of the stuff I'm talking about. Like, in the last four minutes of games, other teams are able to get that stop. They're able to force that contested shot. They're able to defend without fouling. Clemson seems to give up like the most crushing basket of the game uh, in one way or another. I mean, and a, a bunch of, I mean, a bunch of texts on this. I mean, I, you know, 
Texters say, like Murray Michael says this, they're doing a lot of stuff right, just not winning. That makes it frustrating. It does, and it's 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 the same team that shot the ball so well in the non-conference. And what further makes it frustrating is a lot of the teams that you beat in the non-conference are better than the teams you're losing to now. I, I mean, I'm sorry. There's a there's a bunch of teams you played in the non-conference that I think are better teams than Virginia. Oh yeah. I mean, I do. And Georgia Tech, and uh, I mean, heck, maybe even Duke. I just think there's better teams that you beat, and you beat them on the road or in neutral sites. Um, you know, it's the same team that just got boat raced early against Davidson and didn't panic and shot their way back into it and came back and won. And you know, didn't blow a lead at Alabama and didn't blow a lead at Pitt and held on in a tight one and a tough one against South Carolina and didn't blow a lead to TCU. You know, played well down the stretch. Um, lost at Memphis by two, but they still shot the ball pretty well, as I remember it, down the stretch. They got beat by a better team. Memphis was better that day. They just were. Um I would argue it was one of the five or six best games they played all year at Memphis. Yeah, and then so you take a loss there, then you play a couple of easy games at home. And you go to when they went to Miami, it was almost like and maybe at that point in the season you're going, Man, we shoot the ball so well. I know coaches preaching defense, but we don't you know, shoot. We'll just outshoot everybody. I think that happened. And then you go to Miami and see a team shoot over 60% in the second half, and you go, wait a minute. Maybe we can't just outshoot everybody. And and you got, I mean, you got you got uh, a little bit of a reality check at Miami. And then, you know, well, I don't think you played bad against North Carolina. You shot horrible from three. And you go, oh, shoot. Maybe, maybe we're going to have to play a whole lot better. Maybe we are going to have to play some defense because we're not going to be able to shoot every night. And then it's just kind of snowballed. I don't know how you find that confidence on the offensive end. And and I would say they're playing better defensively than they were early in the season. Would you agree with that? I would agree. This is a better team in the last couple of weeks on the defensive end, for the most part. But has there been an open-ended question here? Has there been a trade-off with your defensive effort? Is that Has that affected you offensively? I think there is. I mean, is, is that a pick your poison kind of a thing here? I think there is a mental something going on. Like, Texas bring it, and I, I, I don't want to. I think this is wrong, but I think it's fair to ask the question. Uh, Texter basically says, Do you think the pressure of making the tournament, the pressure on Brad for his job, the pressure of all this stuff is impacting the team in close games? This would be my answer to that. I don't think any of the big-picture stuff matters at all to players who, like, P.J. Hall is not missing threes because he wants to go to the tournament. He's missing threes because he's pressing because he's missing threes. Exactly, and that's P.J.'s personality is he is a pleaser, man. He he wants to please people, and he he beats himself up every time he misses a shot or has a foul that he shouldn't have fouled. I mean, that... And I admire that about him, but at the same time, you've got to have that—you got to have that short 
memory where you can flush it before you get to the other end of the court. And, you know, sometimes you, you can put too much pressure on yourself. I think that's it. Like, I, I do think maybe... It, not- it could be why he shoots so poorly from three at home. Yes. It's his crowd that he's that he's trying to please. And he's one of those one of those athletes that actually likes to be booed. You know, you're he do, he does revel in that, doesn't he? I mean he really does. Maybe I ought to start booing him at home. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> um here's something interesting, and I I think this has something to do with the angst. Is that I think most teams we would understand you're playing well in your place. You're playing poorly on the road. It's hard to win on the road. You can sort of justify some of that. These are the five conference games that Clemson has played at home so far this year. Again, this is just an ACC play. Lost by 10 to North Carolina. Had a chance down the stretch. Kind of set in North Carolina, pulled away at the end, couldn't score. Boston College at home by 11. Your best performance at home. Um, start to finish, they also were missing their best player, so we should put a caveat on that. Clemson's missing guys too, but you know that's that's something people are going to say. Blow a nine-point lead in the last minute and a half against Georgia Tech, losing double overtime. Beat Louisville by six in a game where you mentally checked out with about 11 and a half minutes left. I think we we all know like it, Clemson thoroughly beat Louisville and let their foot off the gas and let the game get close. Yeah, I'm not, and we documented it then that's what Louisville does. I, I'm not as concerned. I would rather complain about blowing a big lead when you had a big lead. <laughs> right. You know? That's right. I mean, you got to give them credit for having the big lead also. That's right. I, I kind of throw that one out. And I, I throw, I'll throw out that win. I'll also throw out the Duke loss because I don't think you lost the game. That's right. That's right. So, I and mean, I'll, you could... I'll, I'll die on that hill. Then you have Saturday where, I would. I mean, you're two and three at home in conference. In front of your fans, crowd was good on Saturday. Very high energy, I thought. There were not a lot of empty seats in the building, if any. I mean, I, I, I was looking up in the rafters, seemed real full. Had a had a good, I, I thought a good energy, a good atmosphere, a good crowd behind you. You're not able to get it done, and I think that is more frustrating for fans. If you watch your team win in your building, even upset people or play a little bit better, shoot a little bit better, that's one thing, but. The best, the best performance that Clemson's had in conference play, I still think was a game at Pittsburgh. I thought he played in, great at Pittsburgh. In conference play, I would agree with that. And I think the second best was probably, it might have been at Duke, honestly, at Florida State. Oh, yeah. At Florida State is also up there. I thought he played great at Florida State. Yeah, the, the game plan really won the Florida State game. Uh, I mean, they, they, the game plan totally won that game. But, oh, yeah, I would agree with all that. That makes it hard. That's that makes it a weird team mm-hmm. and a weird season to kind of break down because they're four and six in the league, and it's not like they've won four at home and they haven't won on the road. It's almost the opposite, where they're playing better away from their building right now, and maybe it is that pressure point. I, I just know this: at at some point, the ball's got to fall for you for in one of these tight games. I mean, it just has to, and it, it's got to happen sooner rather than later. Now. Yeah, because I mean, you you've got one you've got to have one go in. You got to you got to force that momentum to swing your way at the end of a game. And I notice I say force because it's it's not a luck thing. Uh, you know, it's not that the universe is going to balance out and you're going to get it. You got to you got to make that happen. 
That's hard to do. Yes. It's hard to do when you've been when you've been in a bit of a rut like this. And we'll talk about that more on the other side because honestly, women's basketball had women's basketball did that yesterday. That's the example. Women's basketball who struggled to close out games and struggled when they're in one score games. They they can't get the big stops and they can't make the big shots and they can't do all they did both of those things yesterday. And on they the were very consistent beginning the end. Yes, they were. They were. Yes. We'll talk about that on the other side. 654-ROAR is the number. I want to tell you about Wendy's. Um, listen, pretzel baconator, big deal. I got spicy chicken nuggets on Friday. Uh, big deal. Vanilla Frosty's back. Big deal. Um, I want to I wanna talk about the service. Like, this Clemson Wendy's up here, y'all, the service is fantastic. Uh, I wrote in there the other day, and... Like, it's really fast. Like, some fast food now is more medium. You're like, ah, that wasn't that, wasn't that fast. Uh, this is fast. Uh, the Biggie Bags, great deal. Five bucks a pop. Um, all the breakfast specials there, tremendous. But you know what? I just want to give a shout-out to the, the Clemson Wendy's. They're not alone. We got a bunch of good Wendy's around here, but specifically the Clemson Wendy's. Great job with the service, folks. All right, uh, stay with us. Hour 2 continues. 654-ROAR is the number. You want to join us on the phones or on the Adams Curving text line. We'll continue with more right after this. Just trust me. We've all heard or said these words ourselves at various points. It's going to be great. Just trust me. We say that all the time. And that's basically what I'm saying when you hear me talk about PhD weight loss. I'm just asking you, just trust me. And now the reality is a few of y'all are thinking things like this. Will it be safe? Or, you know, perhaps more commonly, Will I fail? Nope, you won't fail because they won't let you. You're not your past. Whatever diet, pills, or injections you did in the past failed you. Wanting to drop weight is 80% of the battle, so you're almost there. And the other 20% is having an expert on your side, a way to keep you on track. Keeping you on track is what PhD does. It's the most important thing that they do. I want you to think about this. Think about what not doing PhD will do. Multiply five pounds times five years of doing nothing, You're another 25-plus pounds overweight if you don't stop right now and call Ph.D. For more info, go to the website at myphdweightloss.com. Call the plumber whose name is his number. One Tom Plumber. One Tom Plumber. I need a good plumber fast. I always call One Tom Plumber. One Tom what? Here, dial the number one, then Tom Plumber. Or just tell your smartphone to call One Tom Plumber. They promise to be there in an hour. Need to rent a mini excavator like a Bobcat E32, a skid steer, or a wood chipper? Maybe a smaller tool like a pressure washer, jackhammer, or compactor. McNeely Store and Rental has got you covered. Clemson alumni-owned, renting equipment and selling materials for more than 30 years. We also sell septic materials, ADS drainage products, concrete boxes, real stone veneers, and more. With two upstate South Carolina locations in Clemson and West Union. Call 654-9187-CLEMSON or 718-1449-WEST-UNION. Access to the internet is critical for educational success. If you have a child in grades K through 8 in Oconee County Schools or K through 12 in Pickens County, your family qualifies for receiving $30 off your internet bill each month, regardless of your income level. At Upcountry Fiber, they want to make sure your child has the ability to connect and succeed. Visit upcountryfiber.com forward slash ACP or call 888-760-2111. At Upcountry Fiber, we're here for you. 
This Valentine's Day, skip the rush on cards, chocolates, and flowers, and give your loved ones what they really want, an insanely clean home with the pros at zero res. Their patented process uses ZR water to clean your carpets and other surfaces like no other. And with no residue, your carpets stay cleaner longer. Right now, mention to me, Mickey and the Roar, and you'll get three rooms of carpet clean for $109 plus a free hallway. Book online at ZeroResGreenville.com. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Go ahead, feel your engine. Admire that perfectly installed exhaust. Your vehicle's moving along this freeway like it was made from fresh installs and a whole lot of love. With eBay Motors, you get over 122 million parts to keep it running. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, they'll be the perfect fit every time. Plus, at these prices, well, we're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Powered by UpCountry Fiber. We are 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Providing fiber internet, HDTV, and phone service, UpCountry Fiber is a stronger connection. 105.5 and 97.5. We are the Roar. Where every day is game, game day. Hour two continues out of bounds. William Quaggenbush, Ben Milstead live inside the Upcountry Fiber studios. Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. You know, text from the 803 says, PJ said every shot feels great. I, in, in terms of PJ shooting, I, I don't think he's taking poor shots. Once again, they threw him to, what, what do you have? Uh, Ten two-point uh, attempts and six three-point attempts? That's fine to me. Um... I mean, I, I thought all of his threes were rhythm threes. I didn't think he forced any. And I thought he did a really good job when he got the ball down on the block of being aggressive. Now, again, I think he would tell you a couple of those layups, a couple of those shots around the basket, he'd like to have made, even ones where he got fouled. He'd like to have made those. Um, Clemson was, again, I'll point out, they were 9 of 25 on layups. That has not been a consistent issue with this team, I would say. Outside shooting has been an issue in conference play. Finishing around the rim has really not all that much. Late game free throws have been an issue with this team. And like I said, they missed a couple, but they made a bunch. Uh, they made a bunch down the stretch. Um, Ben, I think you're right about the urgency of this thing, though. And, like, you're going on the road to North Carolina, a place where Clemson has won once. Then I think they're going to be favored in every game to the last one. And I don't know that that matters because, like I say, they've lost three home games now. I don't know that that matters. But you are coming up on a stretch of time where you are going to be playing teams that you need to beat without playing teams that may be as talented or more talented than you. You are right about that. It's it's just that you have put yourself in a situation where you have to win those now. That's right. Um, and from a net ranking standpoint, you're about where when even winning those games, you're about where you're gonna be at the end of the season. Yeah, you're not after you get past the North Carolina game tomorrow, right? Unless you start blowing teams out. Right. Like if you start winning games by twenty five, the what we were talking about, the Big Twelve game in the numbers, you might see yourself advance a little bit. But they're sitting right now thirty eight, I believe, in the net this morning. 
Um, which is, I mean, that's just quite frankly, that's bubble territory. Clemson's got a very good resume. I think they're still in if the tournament started today. But that's bubble territory from a net standpoint. I mean, they're still in, but they've lost. They they've used their all their mulligans now, in my opinion. That's right. I would agree with that. The reason I brought up Clemson women's basketball as an example is because women's basketball, while they had a couple bad losses, um, like in November and December, and didn't have the quality wins that the the men's team had, they just went through a brutal stretch where they had seven consecutive quad one games. They should have won at Syracuse for sure. The other ones, I think there were a couple in there that they felt like they they could have won, but they should have won the Syracuse game. One win doesn't, it doesn't mean your season's radically different, but it would feel different. The reason that's important is because, just like you said, Ben, Clemson women's basketball is in a stretch right now where they need to win their games, period. They don't have mulligans because they couldn't pick off a couple of their quad ones. And so what do they do? They beat Wake Forest, which they're supposed to do, by 14. They beat Boston College by 10, which not everybody's doing. But, B, I mean, BC's probably better than their record. But Clemson won that game at home. And then you go on the road to beat a Virginia team that just beat North Carolina two games ago and four games ago just went to Tallahassee and beat Florida State. Those are ranked teams. Clemson went and beat them. They had a 10-point lead going to the fourth quarter, and Virginia scored eight straight points. And there were there were something like 6,000 fans in the arena. I mean, it was a good atmosphere. It was loud. And there was a, it was a good environment. And Clemson was executing offense with fans standing and cheering and making noise. It was not, you know, it, it was not a, uh, it was not a uh, lots of aluminum type of environment in there. It was tough to execute. And Clemson got big contributions from lots of players who, to this point in the year, had struggled in those moments. Amari Robinson made a big shot. Ruby Whitehorn made a big shot. Mackenzie Kramer hit two threes back-to-back that sealed the game, basically. Took it from a one-point lead to a seven-point lead. And one of them was pretty open. The other one was pretty contested. Had to, like, sidestep into a shot. Very good shot. My point in bringing that up is there is an urgency that comes after you have gone through a stretch where you've not played as well as you wanted or you played tougher games, you haven't had the opportunities to sort of get right. You may have squandered a get-right opportunity in some ways against Louisville. Clemson is coming into a stretch after the games at Notre Dame and, or at North Carolina, rather, and at Syracuse where they should win like seven in a row. And I, I'm not sure they're going to be favored at Syracuse. I don't know. They may be slight favorites at Syracuse. That's going to be pretty much a coin flip. They're going to be underdogs at North Carolina coming up on Tuesday, obviously, in tomorrow's game. Let me just, on the Syracuse game, Clemson is a more talented team than Syracuse is right now. Yes, they, they are. are. And, yes, I know all about Syracuse and how hard it is to win there. Been there, done that. I, I don't care. You, you've you got to go to that game on Saturday with the mindset that you are the better team and you are going to win. And, you've honestly, you've got to win that game. You do, and you should. You should because you're the better team. Yes, I agree with that. That that needs to be the start of the run is what it is. That needs to be the start of the run. Brad Brownell said some things in the postgame about the worm turning and about the, you know, 
kind of what we've been talking about. Like, at some point, you're going to win these games close. You're going to make that play. The other team's going to miss a shot. Things are going to go your way. One of the biggest plays for Clemson women's basketball yesterday, Sam Brunello hit six threes in the game, was wide open at the top of the arc and shot a three. She made six threes in the game, and she missed one. And it's a break that they had not been getting. Clemson men's basketball has not gotten a lot of breaks. Virginia missed a couple free throws down the stretch, but Clemson's not gotten a lot of breaks from teams late in games that they've been able to then go down and sort of take advantage of. You're right. They haven't. At the same time, they've got to, they've got to make those breaks. Yes. You know, they've got to make those breaks. Um, there's been a lot of talk about the last, uh, the last possession and what should have happened or could have happened. A lot of questions about that. I've seen, I mean, I was getting texted about that. Um, I was going to text it about that over the weekend. Um, here's what I'll say. And this, this, this is tricky for me because on the one hand, I think Clemson is just, Clemson is good. And sometimes you just trust yourself being good, right? On the other hand, uh, Virginia is also very good defensively. And the one thing that I would not want to do against a team that's very good in the half court is let them set up. So there's been some talk about, would you rather get it across half court and call timeout? Should you have called timeout when you see that Chase is double teamed over there and Jack is your option and PJ's not an option? I mean, we're talking about split-second decisions now where probably you're thinking to yourself, if they miss this free throw, it's a live ball. We want to play in a live ball situation to keep Virginia from setting up. The play, as it stands, was probably for Chase to just go until he was stopped. Now, you could reasonably argue, was he stopped enough to have stopped? But he went till the defense was and then passed the ball. Um, I'd, I don't know from a strategic standpoint that I would have done anything different on that last possession um, because you didn't have 10 seconds. You had 7 seconds. And you kind of, again, the, the idea was Chase had been very good. He's a very good free throw shooter. We're going to let him go. He didn't make it all the way to the basket. If you call timeout and you have to inbound the ball and then you have to draw something up with three seconds left against Virginia's man-to-man defense, against Tony Bennett, who's a brilliant coach in these situations, I think I would have rather just taken my chances with Chase getting downhill and then whatever happened after that. Yeah. One thing Chase does exceptionally well is bring the ball up the court in a hurry and he did that uh virginia however got back and when he when chase got to the three-point line you were one on two and in a perfect situation you want to keep driving to the basket but under the under the circumstances on that play i i don't think he gets to the basket um I mean, you you would almost have to split the defenders in order to get to the basket, unless you you know curled to the right, which is you know you, maybe you could have done. But when you have two defenders on you and the game's on the line, I mean, personally, I think you you stop like he did. Um, Jack Clark's probably not the most ideal guy to take that shot, but he was the open guy. Right. Um, you know, I mean, you did you did get a wide-open shot to win the game. And I, I think that's, you know, that, that's what you want. 
you just want it to go in. It didn't go in. That's right. The other thing that I would say, too, is, I mean, ask yourself this question. I, I, one, time, one of the things we do, and I'm guilty of this, too, is we consider that something didn't work so the alternative would have worked. Right. So just think about the probability that against Virginia, like how many times has a team, have you seen a team in Tony Bennett's 15 years make a buzzer beater against Virginia off an inbounds play with three seconds left? I'm, I mean, I'm, I know that it's happened, but off the top of my head, no. I don't think, I, I can't think very of one. Often. I can't think of one off the top of my head. You play out of your strength at your opponent's weakest and it's a balancing act because it might be that your strongest thing is drawing up a play, but if that's also your defense's strength, the opposing defense's strength, then there's no guarantee that's going to work. Mm-hmm. I, I saw a lot of people going, well, that's the best shot you could get. Well, look at the options. It wasn't a bad – given the options I mean, a, a you wide, had – a wide open three. Now, now, I would concede you didn't need a three there. Right. Um but, you know, putting yourself in Jack Clark's situation, you, do you know how much time you even have? I mean, the last thing in the world you want to do is time run out. Correct. I didn't have, like, I had a problem with the rest of the game. I didn't have a problem with that with that one particular last play. Right. Again, I mean, as a, as a, as a coach, you want to get a wide-open shot, and that's what you got. And this is kind of where I'll go back to this team – defensively doesn't have the mentality that other teams have. This is my, and every team is a little bit different. This is a team that draws a lot of its identity from what happens on the offensive end of the floor. Virginia does not, and that has hurt Virginia. That has cost them games this year, quite frankly. It has cost them games that they don't have an identity that makes sense on the offensive end of the floor it just it just doesn't um but it helped them that they were defensive minded in this game because they were able to force Clemson into a shot that was not what they wanted it was a good shot it was a good look for Jack Clark but as we're talking about this was not that was probably not in fact we know that because Brad said that in the post game it was not what the play was designed to get it was an okay alternative. I mean, the, the thing that I would question, if I were to question something from the last play was, I believe Josh Beadle was on the floor, and it felt like they were just based, they knew that Beadle wasn't going to get the ball. So you could help off of him. You have this sort of a non-scorer on the floor sitting in the corner. Let's go to Tennessee Tigers over this next. 654-ROAR is the number if you'd like to join him there. What's up, Tennessee Tiger? Hey, Qualk, how we doing? Good, man. How are you? Oh, uh, doing good. Um... I don't ever call about the basketball I may have in the past a few times, but uh, um, it's not like this discussion about how Clemson basketball is playing is like a rerun on the show. But I do know on these uh, games where they weren't hitting any threes, um, I always like to compare, you know, the other sports uh, with golf. Of course, golf's not a reaction sport. But um, if you're not hitting threes, um, in practice, uh, then I don't think it's going to transform over to the game. But um, Well, we don't know uh, that they're it, not making threes it, in practice, though. In fact, I would imagine they're well, probably making a lot of threes in practice. I, I, I'll tell you this, Tennessee Tiger, because I've seen it with my own eyes. They make everything in practice in, in, the, okay. in the last practice before the game. They make everything. Okay. And I would also add most teams make everything in shoot-around. I mean, 
that's that's a shoot around's a bad judgment of how a team's going to shoot, but because your heart rate's yeah. low and all that stuff. But anyway, I okay, I, I can tell you, I've uh, seen them make a ton of shots. Well, let's do it. Um, so uh, their confidence <clears throat> with nobody in the stands or on the road or being at home. Um, but if if um, if uh, now. Is it correct that before the uh, season that um, um, Graham told Coach Brownell if they didn't make the tournament that, uh, you know, he would yes. not be back? Or how did he? I mean, I like I don't know what their I don't know what their one on one conversations were. That's that's the understanding. Okay, well, I mean, he got hired and they wouldn't hired me, but. You know, I wouldn't have told him that. I would have just said, you know, we'll just uh, see how the season plays out and, you know, how the team plays, you know, injuries, et cetera. Um, so um, I'm just thinking um, uh, the ACC overall the past couple of years, you know, Roy Williams is not there, and he didn't concentrate much on, on defense. But then his style of play, um, uh, Virginia did win the game, but, uh, his team isn't as good as they were when they made that uh, stretch and then won the tournament. Uh, of course, Boston College is, is down. Duke's not, uh, you know, Coach K's not there. So I'm just saying overall, and then uh, Beheim, who who um, is not there, um, I, I'm just trying to m- make a guess without, you know, uh, having all the info. Just listening to y'all and just listening to callers, um, I don't know what the issue is um, with you know if you just got five players and you've got you know one great player you know that can carry a team you know we all know that in basketball, but uh, I don't know what the chemistry is there. But I want to ask a question um, not about basketball. Uh, I was just turning the dial about an hour or so ago. Is it true that? Um, Belichick's been hired uh, for the defensive coach for a uh, for a college team. Steve, huh? Steve Belichick is hired as the Washington defensive coordinator. Bill's son. Oh, his son. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that happened. Okay. Hey, Tennessee Tiger, we got to right. run. I appreciate the phone call. Okay, thanks, thanks very much. Appreciate it. Um, six five four roar is the number. Uh, If you want to join us on the phones, feel free. Hour two of the program continues right after this. An ultimate day of relaxation and rejuvenation from Lilia Day Spa in Anderson is the perfect gift for her on Valentine's Day. Year after year, they've been voted Anderson's premier spa, and their staff is ready to treat her mind, body, and spirit in a relaxing and private setting. Choose a sweet treat package or a Be Mine package, a sweetheart or a Cupid's holiday package. Lilia Day Spa can create something special, or a gift certificate is ideal for Valentine's. Anderson's premier day spa, Lilia Day Spa, 116 Benson Street, downtown Anderson. Valentine's Day is upon us, and you know, your team at Reed's Jewelers will make sure you find what you want for your loved one. From diamonds for her to watches for him, Reed's Jewelers. Upstairs in Haywood Mall, next to Belk. Endorsed by Roar listeners like Zeke. I'm calling in for one of your sponsors, man. Wally over there at Reed's Jewelers. Go check him out. They'll get you what you need. If not, he'll find it, and he will definitely take care of you. Zeke loves Reed's Jewelers. You will as well. Reed's Jewelers. Haywood Mall, next to Belk. Online at Reed's.com. I'm Eddie Bennett. Winter means colder weather and hot deals on Takeuchi at Bennett Equipment. 
We have Takeuchi track loaders, excavators, wheel loaders, and hundreds of attachments ready to go to work today. Why settle for less with other brands when you can have the best in Takeuchi? Stop by any of our four convenient locations and see why Bennett and Takeuchi set the standard for equipment sales and rental. And remember, when you need equipment in the upstate or northeast Georgia, buy it or rent it from Bennett. If that home improvement project has been on your honey-do list for months now with no start date in sight, it's time to call Adams & Co. Not only are they roofing specialists, they're also skilled general contractors offering interior and exterior remodeling services. Bathroom, kitchen remodels, gutters, siding, painting, flooring, cabinets, and carpentry. Call Adams & Co. today for all your home improvement needs. 864-260-0080. Adams & Co. 260-0080. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's corporate cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp. Just go to ramp.com sports. Ramp.com sports. R-A-M-P slash sports. Okay, three more climbers, seven loggers. Plus... Ted's sustainably sourced logging company is growing a new branch. What about truck driver contracts? Which means a new HR manager will be the first hire to fall. Uh, then we'll need to staff up the warehouse. Indeed can help him hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. You can schedule and conduct virtual interviews all from your employer dashboard. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Every shot, every block, every game. We're your home for Clemson basketball. 105.5 and 97.5. We are the Roar, where every day is game day. Continues out of bounds. William Quaggenbush, Ben Milstead. Texter pointed out, and I think rightly, we're talking about that last play, that if he dribbles into traffic, loses the ball, doesn't get fouled, then they go, why didn't you pass it? So it's just a matter of whether it works or not. Like, ultimately, you're deci- and I, I, I've been consistent on this. You can go back and listen to any show as long as I've been on the air here. Decision... <clears throat> Decision-making processes for coaches cannot be judged primarily on the result of the play. You have to look at all the factors that the coach had to work with to determine whether the decision was good or bad. And look, the, the accountability of makes or misses comes down to coaches. We know that. But decision-making is a, I mean, that's a different deal. And I was okay with the, uh, the decision-making down the stretch there. 
Um, a couple other uh, texts on this before we get to some bigger picture college basketball stuff. Um, oh, you know what? Uh, I can't find the text. Da, 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 da. Um, you know what? I'll look for it. Uh, during the break, you pointed out to me that we'll get back to it. South Carolina is ranked finally in the AP poll. You can rest assured that a team should be ranked when your rival fan base is almost outraged that they're not ranked. And that is what the case has been here with South Carolina. Uh, 15th in the AP. So not only are they ranked, they they jumped huge into the AP poll. And I, I believe 20th on the – yeah, 20th on the coaches poll. Um yeah, nobody really cares about that one. But, the, uh, yeah, 15th in the AP, though. How about that? That's good. They earned it. I mean, they're they're playing well enough they earned it. It's interesting. I, I was reading one of the South Carolina sites a while ago um, talking about what all the national people who do their own polls had them ranked. Somebody, I don't remember who it was, somebody had them eighth. But then there were, there were Seth Davis – didn't have him ranked at all. And he's a voter. He's an AP voter. Um, he was one of only four people who did not have him ranked. Are you serious? And then they should, he tweeted out earlier in the year, earlier in the week, rather, the injustice of them not being ranked. And then he didn't rank oh, them. Oh, <laughs> man. Oh, so man. There's your, uh, there's your target for the day, Gamecock fans. Seth Davis. Who I want to know? Can we, like, that can we doesn't figure make out any who he, sense? Who did he vote for instead? I will find it. Like, how would you put? How can you find twenty-five teams better than South Carolina to rank in a poll right now? That beat Kentucky, Georgia, and Tennessee all last week. Yes, Kentucky is seventeenth. Tennessee is sixth. That like what? What more do you have to do? You know, I think I got it right here. Okay, who? Give me the bottom five teams that Mr. Davis put in there. Well, let me find him. Hang on, just a moment. Because I, I mean, there are some teams at the bottom of this poll that I'm not sure they should be ranked. Uh, just being honest, there there's some teams in the receiving votes category better than some of these top 25 teams. Uh, TCU for one, not ranked. How? San Diego State is back ranked. I don't I that that's one thing that's going to bother me the whole the entire uh next month. The the Mountain West love is going to be weird. Because people love these Mountain West teams, they never win in the tournament. Okay. They never win. So you want to know who Seth had as his last four? Yes. Oh, wait a minute. Shoot. Where is his I'm sorry. I'm but There's a this. lot of, there's a lot of voters though. There's a lot of voters, so it's hard to sift through all the noise there. To find the I one know I can't. I can't find the one that just has his votes. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, this is easier I, with I, football. I can tell you that there was one one voter who had South Carolina actually fifth. Dylan fifth. Sin. You know what? I bet he. I bet he did something like this. I'm sure this happens sometimes, where he did something like. Uh, well, if I've got Tennessee six, South Carolina beat them, so they have to be fifth. 
Because I think that's a little, I think that's a little steep. I wouldn't say South Carolina's top five. Hey, I'm getting closer. All right, very good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because it makes perfect sense that in one place they alphabetize by first name and another place by last name. Who does it by first name? What the heck? By first doing? name? Yes. Oh man, that's that's opposite everything I've learned since kindergarten. We alphabetize by last names. In the library, you alphabetize by the last name of the author. Unbelievable. Um, I'm not going to be able to find it. Somebody asked me, that's okay. Rest assured, Seth Davis, bum, didn't have South Carolina in the top 25. Uh, somebody asked me who I thought the best team in the country was. And there's this idea that there's not one, but I think there is one. Actually, I think there are two, which means there's one. And I'll explain that in a second. Uh, you have it? Can you believe it? The Honorable Mr. Davis's ballot? I have it. You, his last four, uh, Indiana State, Texas Tech, Texas, and BYU. <laughs> uh, now, Texas, okay. Texas' actual ranking is 32nd. He has them 23. Uh, Texas did win on the road at TCU. That's a solid win. But I think Texas is not, overrated. Not as good as either one of South Carolina's no. wins last week. I think Texas is overrated. I think BYU is overrated. Um, he has Duke. Uh, boy, he's got a lot of extreme picks. It's almost like he didn't do his own ballot. Like he's He has St. Mary's 21. They're 26. San Diego State 19. They're 24. It's got Duke 17. They're actually 9. Wow. That seems pretty low to me. Uh, Alabama at 11. They're actually 16. Yeah, his is interesting. You know, we were talking about all the games Alabama lost early. Remember we were talking about the metrics love them, but they're losing to all the good teams they play? They're 16-6 and six right now. They might, actually, uh, they might actually be paying this off, the fate that everybody had in them. They have absolutely decimated a couple teams here. They beat LSU by... T- since they beat Auburn, they beat LSU by 21... They won the road at Georgia, one by nine. They scored 99 points on Mississippi State on Saturday. That team is playing really good basketball. Continues to be Clemson's signature win, uh, which is uh, which is a, a very, very good thing. And you know what? I, I'll, I'll give Seth Davis this grace. It is weird to do this, but this happens sometimes, and a texter pointed out, I've not seen this. Texter pointed out, though, uh, it said that bu, 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 text from the eight six four. Seth Davis tweeted that he messed up and completely forgot him. I don't know if that happened, but that is something that has happened to people before. I, you know, I can see that, especially when you know that they were on his radar earlier in the week. It is a little odd that you miss a team by more than ten spots of where they actually fall. And that's what he would have done here. If you're an AP voter, too, you almost have to take notes during the week. Because everybody's playing two games a week. Like, if you're going to say that on Tuesday, you can't forget that you said that on Sunday. And sometimes you can forget that you said that, but you would have to take notes. I I would not want to be an AP voter for basketball. Number one, because it doesn't really matter that much. We put 68 teams in the tournament. Ranking 25 is not ranking all the quality teams like we know that it can be in football there's lots of good teams that aren't thought teams capable of winning one or more games tournament that aren't in the top 25 yeah i found he's did he tweeted out an apology to gamecock basketball so if he would have if he would have had them in his ballot they might have been higher than 15 then 
That's right. Most likely would have been. Uh, he said, it may have had something to, to, to do with the distraction of my company going out of business, but appreciate the kindness. You know what? That's also true. They uh, he's been He's been tweeting through that. The messenger shut it down, and it was pretty unceremonious, I believe. Let's go to Tar Heel Chad, who's up with us next. Boy, he had a fun weekend, I bet. What's up, Chad? Great day. Great yeah. weekend. <laughs> uh, I, I imagine that you would say that, yes. Yes, it was, it was a long Saturday night and a long yesterday recuperating. Um, getting too old for that stuff, but never for that. So, quick question. Um, little Lenardi, Virginia's out. They're not even on the bubble, according to Lenardi. Can, and isn't Virginia 18-5? and five? They are. That sounds about right. Um... Let me check their one loss. They're seventeen and five right now, uh, and they yeah. have won six in a row. Terrible messaging, communication, PR by the ACC. I mean, I just for the life of me, you're going to tell me no. I mean, we're going to get two teams. In. I mean, it's just so. I just can't believe the Big Twelve is just. I mean, there's quality play for sure. I just, I don't think the disparity is near. And I just it's it's crazy. I mean, I don't know. I just seen. I know the ACC is not what it was, but still, um, I just can't believe that there's sixty. Was that how many teams? Sixty. Sixty-eight. Yeah, there's sixty-eight total, but there's six. You're telling me there's only three of the sixty-eight that the league. And oh I look yeah. At some of the others, I look at their strength of schedule. I'm like, I don't get it. And you know what else is surprising? A lot of us, even last year, maybe because ACC was down, since the ACC, I'm just saying this for this conversation, needs Duke and North Carolina and even maybe Virginia to be really, really good to pull the league up. Well, that doesn't appear to be actually happening, does it? Or is it? Or am I missing something? No, you're right about that. Now, let me let me say this about Virginia, because they look the part of a team that should be in the tournament for sure. And if you look at what happened early in the season – they do have a neutral site win over Florida. That's a quad one win. They do have a home win against Texas A&M. That's a quality out-of-conference uh, quad two win. Now, they did get blown out, which that's hurting their metrics, is that they, they have lost sort of dramatically, and not dramatically like the, you know, the, the game was close. I mean, like they're losing by 20 in a lot of these games. Um, yeah, they've lost five games, and only, only one of the five has been by fewer than 19 points. So that hurts. The other thing that hurts them is they've already played Louisville twice, and they haven't played. I mean, until Clemson, they hadn't played a quad one game in the conference that they won. Um, so there's that. I got it. it. Makes sense. Well, I heard Reese Davis, uh, college game day Saturday, saying ACC has the best out of conference profile of all the conferences. They're number one. If that's truly the then they were not reward. They're not being rewarded for that. Yeah, I mean you're you're a hundred percent right about this. The the quad one wins in the non conference, the quality of opponents they were playing, the ACC has not been rewarded for it for sure. But the Big Twelve is being report, re, rewarded for beating up on a bunch of cupcakes beating and beating, beating them by twenty five. Yeah. Well, uh, last question, Brian O'Connell, yay or nay? You know who he is? Oh, yeah. Nay, nay for me. 
the white uh, the white haired bandit is what I like oh, to call man. him. I'm pretty neutral. You know what, He's not one I hate, but I, I'm pre- okay. I'm pretty neutral to negative. My daughter is a student there, works at the athletic department. at the game. She calls him the accountant. <laughs> he does look like that. <laughs> he does look like an accountant, but I mean, I'm going to tell you what. From one second to the next, he goes completely berserk. I mean, just I don't know what happens to him. It's just he can't stand it. You know what I mean? No whistle, and then all of a sudden, 38 whistles in the next nine seconds. I just don't. He drives me completely crazy. All right, take care. Y'all have a good one. Thanks, Chad. Appreciate the phone call. Uh, O'Connell is notorious for that uh, touch foul after letting you know somebody get beheaded underneath the basket. Yes, uh, of which there are many in college basketball. Hour three, more to come. Stay with us. WCCP-FM 105.5, Clemson, Greenville, Anderson, WAHT AM 1560, Cowpens, 97.5 Spartanburg. We are the roar. For the ones who get it done, the most important part is the one you need now. And the best partner is the one who can deliver. That's why millions of maintenance and repair pros trust Granger, because we have professional-grade supplies for every industry, even hard-to-find products. And we have same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders. But most importantly, we have an unwavering commitment to help keep you up and running. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Carolina Top Dress is your go-to solution for maintaining a healthy and vibrant lawn. With our specialized soil conditioning program, we ensure your grass stays nutritious and healthy. Right now, take advantage of our limited time offer and